welcome to Entrepreneurs in Action, the series where we hear from entrepreneurs from all over the world on how they bring success to their clients and build their own success in the process. I'm your host, Warwick Merry from warwickmerry.com. Now let's get straight to it and hear from our next Entrepreneur in Action. Welcome back to another exciting edition of Entrepreneurs in Action. Now, I'm thrilled to have with me today the lovely Chris Harris. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Thanks, Laura. Good to see you. Now, Chris is going to be sharing with us the secret to financial success. Now, a lot of people have been talking about the secrets to financial success, and uh, Chris and I have been having a bit of a discussion before we kicked off. I think you're really going to get some value out of it, but I have to start off with Chris what makes you qualified to talk about the secret of financial success? You know, yes, you're wearing a very lovely suit today, but um, uh, tell me, what, what's what's your background? My background, Warwick, was uh, when I first started the business in 1987. Um, I didn't have, I didn't know how to accumulate money. Mm-hmm. I wasn't actually doing um, doing anything fantastic towards financial uh, awareness. Um, and then in 1992, I suddenly realised I, I should actually start doing what I'm telling my clients. <laughs> Who would have Which, thought an advisor not taking their exactly, own advice? Exactly. It was like a bit like okay, I guess the plumbers, you know, whatever, and the and the, and the mechanic you yep. know, has a bit worse car on the street. Yeah. Um, one of the things was I started doing. I, started, I learned how to save money. Yes. Okay. And I think that's really the core of what, um, what we're going to be talking about today. Right. By um, but the real secret was I I had to learn how to do it first. Yes. Right. And I learned the secret of pay myself first mm-hmm. and then start. Um, and the funny thing was, I still had the same bills. I still had the same amount of money at the end of the week that I did beforehand. Mm-hmm. But I actually started saving and, and paying me first. Mm. And then I started putting that to work. When we were talking earlier, you were talking about you, you had this mindset of Chris is broke. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So, so how, how long did you have that mindset for? Well, it's, it's interesting because I uh, was probably... 20 years, 20 plus years, mm-hmm. long before I got into this business mm-hmm. because um, we tend to spend everything we have. Mm. Too much month at the end of the money. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So what's the business you're running now? Are you a financial advisor? Are you a mortgage broker? Are you just a massively independently wealthy individual who's just telling everyone what to do? What, <laughs> what, what's your business? My business is called MoneyWorks Financial Planning. Right. I'm a qualified financial planner. Right. An authorised representative with a uh, with a company called Millennium Three, which is my licensee. Okay, which gives me the license to be able to talk about the things that I will be discussing today. Okay, fantastic, excellent, good to get that little disclaimer in there, so people don't come after me. Exactly, I'm, I'm very happy about that. All right, so I suspect that you went on your own. Um, there's a lot of people I know who basically live off their credit cards, and if they can pay off make the minimum payment on their credit card, they're happy, uh, not realizing they're paying 19 to 25% on their credit card. So uh, they're never going to get ahead. So what are some of the mistakes that people make out there? Well, I think some of the people, uh, most of the people probably looking at their credit cards are just paying off the minimum balance. Mm-hmm. Okay, they, they, they get a, a bill back in, they've got to pay $300 a month or mm-hmm. $500 a month or whatever it may be, and they think that's all they have to pay. Mm. Um, I've, see, I've spoken to other people where they actually get their credit card tied up with their actual mortgage mm-hmm. because they want to become debt-free, mm-hmm. all right? and all of a sudden they refinance their, their, their home, and all of a sudden their credit card becomes another twenty part of the 20-year debt. Yep. Um, so I think that's a big mistake as well because, I mean, okay, it's nice to be well, uh, debt-free when it comes to credit cards, but the, the focus is if you want to pay off your credit card, 
put a plan together mm-hmm. over a period of time and set yourself a date mm-hmm. because that way you can actually start putting money on a regular basis, especially mm. if you do that first. Mm. So that's one main thing with the, with a credit card. Yeah, and of yeah. course, it, um, uh, you know, understand, the, have, a, have a debit card, not a credit card. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, it's really critical. I, I did some work with a credit card company and talking with the people on the phones who were issuing the credit cards. And they said to me that they were astounded by the number of people that as soon as they either got a credit card or got a credit card limit increase, they felt that it was their money. Yeah. When it's like, it's not money. It's not. It's a, it's a debt machine, essentially. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I think, with, to add to what you're saying, I think the banks have some sort of responsibility here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a, they actually, they offer an extra $5,000 on top of a credit card. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas they actually should have, should also offer some sort of teaching how mm-hmm. to actually use that credit card mm-hmm. and actually you know, and actually keep it at a low balance. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's nice to have the credit card, but it's mm-hmm. got to be emergency money. Yep. And I think, you know, what you've said is is probably fair that maybe the bank should be able to, to provide some kind of education. I think you and I are both smart enough to realise they're never going to do that. No. Um, so I think what it, it behooves the individuals with the credit card, they're going to have to get that education themselves. So hopefully coming out of today might might help them. So if someone does have a massive credit card debt, what would be one of the first things that you would suggest that they do besides pay it off? And I have seen this so many times. Mm. Um, I'm, I think that the idea is to uh, really understand what the credit card is. And I have the education um, of it is not your money. Mm-hmm. You do owe this money and you will actually pay the money back sooner or later. Mm-hmm. All right and have some sort of plan together mm. to make sure that you understand when that credit card is going to be paid off. Yeah. Right. When you actually go and pay something with a credit card, understand you are going to pay more than the asking price of that particular item. Right. Because, you know, the interest rates are ludicrous, as you mentioned beforehand, 17 19%, maybe more, depending on you know, who you're with. Yes. Um, and uh, treat, it, treat it with respect. Mm-hmm. As I said beforehand, okay, use it as emergency money. Mm. It's got to be emergency money. Yep. If you do have, you need the credit card and you'd like to actually use, have a have a, um, a debit card. Right. That way you have your savings account where you've got yep. a savings account and you've got your, you know, the actual card itself attached to that. Right. That's, that's right. Really so good. essentially what you're doing then is spending your own money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So people get into to, to debt with credit card and with personal loans and with everything else. Um, but what what do you reckon, you know, we were talking all about some of the mistakes people make. So what do you reckon some of the big mistakes that people make are? Well, I think the most important mistake most people make is that either they don't have any idea about what they want to achieve financially. Mm-hmm. There's no, no no set goal. We want to pay off our mortgage. We want to become totally debt-free. We want to be able to have a holiday or buy a new car. Mm-hmm. And it's all done on, usually these things are done on the spur of the moment and there's no, um, and there's no real plan put together. Mm. And also the relationship they have with money, because most people don't understand that Money is a man-made thing. We actually created it. Mm. Right? And when we're actually sort of living by money alone, we become the slave to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, where it's got to be the other way around. We've got to become the master. Mm-hmm. Now, this may seem crazy in a, in a sense, but when we become the master, we control it. Right. It doesn't control us. We control the lifestyle we want mm. from 
from the amount of money that we actually earn. Mm. And when we want more, we've got to be able to click our fingers so it comes running to us like a little puppy dog. Yes. Okay, we've got to have that sort of attitude, right? Not to become flippant with it, but the thing is, treat it with respect, but it's, you know, and it is, a, it is your servant. It is, you know, you are the master. Right, right. And it's because I, I see people who live beyond their means. Like they'll buy a car, a new car when their old car still works well. Mm. They'll upgrade and get a bigger 3D Plazy Telly when they had an old Plazy Telly. There's sort of, there is this consumption. Well, I've got capacity on my credit card or I can just drag it off the house. I'll just get it. And and it sounds like that they haven't planned what they want. They're reacting to what's going mm. on. Would that be a fair statement? Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. There's no real plan in motion. They, uh, they don't really understand. It's all too easy. Yep. They've just we've just made it too easy. Yep. Before credit cards, we had to have cash. Yeah. All right. We have the cash, in the, and of course, when that cash disappeared in our pocket, we know that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and but then of course, the bank card came into. Um, we started using bank card, and then Mastercard became you know available, Visa card, and all these other different cards, mm. and it's just too easy. Mm. Mm. All right. So, what other issues do people have? What what sort of uh, mistakes do people make? Well, I think they also make. And the mistake, uh, we're talking about planning or, or thinking ahead, going, mm. trying to think ahead. The reason I call myself a financial planner is that we put plans together. We actually put strat- um, strategic um, ways to actually encourage people to look forward to, say, take retirement, for example. Mm-hmm. People don't really understand that what their retirement is. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's a big part of their life, mm. but it doesn't necessarily mean I've just actually finished another ebook called Baked Beans or Steak. Mm. Okay, right. baked beans or steak, and uh, but that, that's like there are some people who are asking that question. Exactly, and um, my parents had to ask the question: Can we afford to retire? Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I got to tell you, having when that happened, I thought I don't ever want to have to ask that question. Yet I'm sure you've probably got clients who are asking that you that exact question all the time, almost every day. It's uh, like we want we want to retire. We want to retire in five years. We want to retire in ten years. How are we going to be able to do it? Um, and on. I mean, what I do as a financial planner, of course, I, I, I put strategies in place mm. so they can actually see their, their money start growing. They can mm-hmm. actually start. And this is not necessarily um, putting into risky type, you know, so-called risky type investments. Mm. These are strategic plans that we actually put together on, a, you know, whether it be using salary sacrifice or whether actually being using their actually, you know, the money that they have in superannuation. Mm. And I give clear um, examples of this in my new ebook, which mm-hmm. will be launched at the end of the month, actually, mm-hmm. um, which would be a nice day to look forward to. And um, so, yeah, retirement is, and also people have the wrong idea about retirement, I think. You know, they think retirement is when you actually stop working. Mm-hmm. Retirement can be anything you like it. It can be, you, yeah. you, you, you can continue on working if you're retired. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't think of anything worse than just stop working because oh, I love what I do. Same, same. All right? And I'd love to actually still be part of my business when I'm 70 or 75. Mm-hmm. Mm, probably 80 might be getting a little bit, you know, <laughs> pushing a little bit, you know, sort of. But the thing is... We can wheel you in in the chair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. You know, it's a, okay. As long as I'm mentally fit. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, why not? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and I think... You know, there's been conversations ever since, you know, I've graduated from uni and I've been getting some of the advice that I get. People have been saying to me, you know, because I'm quite young, you uh, mm-hmm. that there, there may not be pension around by the time I get old based on the the aging population and we will not have the tax base to support it. Absolutely. So there really is a need for people to be looking to yeah. how do I fund my retirement and if I start now, yeah, it'll be better off down the future. 
Well, they're saying by the year 2025 is that 23% of Australians will be over the age of 60. Wow. You think about that. That's almost a quarter of Australians will be over the age of 60. And if you consider, let's estimate another quarter are under the age of 18, so therefore not working. Yeah. So you've only you've only got 50% of the population who are going to be supporting the other 50%. Exactly. That's exactly. Um, so you think about the tax break. The tax dollars won't be there. It's not going to be there. Yeah, so yeah. the government's going to have to pull back, as you mentioned. Yeah. They're going to have to pull back the Centrelink allowances yeah. for, um, for, uh, for the age of And this is one of the reasons that they're, they're, they're pushing up the amount of superannuation you have mm-hmm. to contribute, isn't it? So, so what is it currently in terms of how much superannuation do employers have to contribute? 9.25. It'll be increasing. They might leave it for, nine, uh, again, the next financial year, 9.25. Right. But yeah, I think by 2020, it'll be around about 12%. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, but also that okay, is that the age of retirement, okay, before you can, at the moment, um, retirees can actually access the Centrelink benefit, mm-hmm. the, the age pension at the age of 65. Yeah. Um, it will be pushed up to 67 very shortly. Right. And then, okay, where it goes from there. Yeah, it's only a matter of time where they're going to push it higher and higher. Exactly. All right. Mm. So, you know, it's a really a scary image to consider for us. You know, the last thing you want to be doing when you're in your, at the end of your working life, when you're supposed to be relaxing, is to be going, do I get to have baked beans or steak? Exactly. So, all right. Yeah. yeah. No, so that, that's, that's, that's really good. Well, I suppose let's get back to some of the questions we'll be talking about investments because we really need to build our own superannuation portfolios mm-hmm. and build our own um, investment portfolios out, outside superannuation to be sure that we can have the stake kind of lifestyle. Yep. Yep. Shares or property? That's the big question. <laughs> Shares or property or yeah. even managed trusts, as I know, is, an, is another or man- option. Or managed funds. Managed funds, yeah. Well, uh, it's up, totally up to the individual. Right. It really is. And that's my job basically as a financial planner to sit down with a client and understand, to be able to stand in their moccasins, mm-hmm. so to speak, and be able to walk a mile in their shoes. Yep. To actually uh, to look at the, uh, the the types of investments they prefer. If they really want property, if mm-hmm. they really, really want property, mm-hmm. I will ask them why. Um, mm-hmm. Why do you like property so much? Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the case, then of course we actually sort of do, you know, put um, strategic measures in place mm-hmm. so that their super fund can own property. For example, right. a self-managed super fund. Yes. Um, the other ways, of course, is looking at, you know, sort of being, um, we go through what we call a risk profiling. Mm-hmm. And we actually look at their, them as an individual. I ask them eight different questions, how they feel about market conditions, what would they do if this was to happen, how would they feel if they lost 10%, 15%, yep. 20% of their investment, um, and that sort of thing. And then, of course, we start building a... A, a portfolio, basically, around that particular risk profile. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it is. Not, it's not just hit and miss. Okay, there mm-hmm. is definitely you know because um, in um, one of my um, I guess successes, I, I in two thousand and seven, I decided to get most of my clients, eighty percent of my clients, out of the market right. with the international share um, and and on Australian shares. And of course, we had the global financial crisis shortly after because I saw this happening. Mm-hmm. And I think any good financial planner will be able to pick certain certain areas where, um, I mean, we understand that you know good good investments go through highs and lows, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you can sort of be able to actually manage those highs and lows mm. to be understanding the sort of the benefits because there can be a positive mm. when there is a market crash, mm. for mm. example, right? 
I mean, I won't go into it now, yep. but the good thing is you're going to this is we try and get our clients to understand yep. how that can actually work for them. Yeah, yeah. So um, th- my mother was one of the people who we, in, the, in the GFC. She had some different investments. And as the market went down, there was this whole panic of, oh, my God, the market's gone down. I should sell. Now, um, you and I both know, bad thing to do because mm-hmm. you're crystallizing a loss. But how much does the emotion of, an, of one of your clients impact on their investment? So we've talked about risk profiles, mm-hmm. but what about their emotions? Because there are a lot of people who get that whole panic, oh my God, I can't afford to lose any more, let's pull it all out and crystallize their loss. So so how much of an impact is, do the emotions have? Well, markets is 100% motion. It's all emotion. Right. Okay. It's because it's either fear yeah. or greed. Yeah. Right. And when the market's coming down, just like your mother. Yeah. She actually probably felt fear. Yes. All right. And because it was, you know, out of the fear, I'm losing my money. Yeah. Right. Now, of course, you don't lose your money until you actually realize the investment. Mm-hmm. All right. Then you've lost. And, and I'm happy to say that, you know, with my advice, she didn't pull her money out. Well done. The markets have now gone back up again. So yeah. she's sort of back where she was, if not a little bit ahead. So, there you go. Exactly. You and know. the markets have done that. Yeah. And they will continually do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's just a matter of understanding. But also, if she started buying back in then as well. Yeah. All right. When, if you, dis, if you do what the market isn't. Yes. All right. It's one of my favorite sayings. Yeah, do yeah. what the market isn't. If you can actually study, if, if you can have um, the intestinal fortitude, I guess you can actually say, mm-hmm. sort of be able to, or strong, you know, trying to be strong and, and saying, I'm going to start buying now. Yes. And it is, you know, it's a strong thing to, to do. Yeah, yeah. But then, of course, you can actually sort of get, yeah. you know, sort of, you can actually reap the rewards. I, I know um, when I was at uni and I was studying a bit of finance, my uh, instructor at the time said, when there is a bit of a crash, everything's on sale. Yeah. Because essentially that's what it is. And, and if you look at some of our stronger stocks, like bank stocks, mm-hmm. that went down to $15, $14 and they're now 34 35 things were on sale. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, fantastic. Bank, $24 and now it's up to oh, 67 or something. Yeah, yeah, almost 70 at certain mm-hmm. days. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. So, so how do you get ahead? Like how do you get ahead financially? Like you know, there might be someone out there who's been listening, right, well, we've asked, is it, do I go into, you know, shares or property? And the answer is, it depends. Mm-hmm. So, so how do I get ahead? What, what do I do? Well, if you can, if you, if you start getting into the habit mm-hmm. of saving first, that's right. the first thing. All right, really. And once you've actually got to, you know, you accumulate maybe five, $10,000, mm-hmm. uh, then you see a competent financial planner. Mm-hmm. Um, like myself, come come mm-hmm. see myself. Give mm-hmm. me a call. All right, we'll read my ebook, mm-hmm. and uh, um, and then start with taking it from there. It's baby steps. Yeah, you're okay. not, you know, these get rich quick schemes. You, know, you hear people about, you know, talk about, um, and on on a current affair, on on all these, you know. There are you, so many scam artists out there. Mm, absolutely, and as soon as you start realizing mm. that, you know, sort of, you can make X amount of money, or you can do this and you can do that, it won't happen. It's that whole, um, if it seems too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Exactly. Now, I believe um, ASIC has a couple of websites, uh, has some information about tricksters. Is that correct? They do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if people want to find out more, they can go to the ASIC website they can. Mm-hmm. If, if they want to avoid some of the, the known tricksters out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, the secret to financial success really is that save first, yeah? I think so. Yeah. It really is. Because what you're actually doing is that you're getting into the habit 
of putting money away, mm-hmm. regardless of your financial situation. Mm-hmm. I don't care exactly if you're earning two hundred dollars a week and you can only put twenty dollars a week. That will actually sort of start. That will actually start mounting up. Right. Also, one of the things, if I can just add this, is that yeah. the um, most people don't really understand the um, the truth behind compound growth. Okay, the compound, the compound interest. Okay, com- when you actually yep. interest on interest, uh, when you actually start looking, that can be a very, very powerful tool in the financial world. Okay, um, yeah. So um, run me through an example of that. Um, so give me some sort of definite example. So if I invest, let's say, a hundred thousand dollars at seven percent, mm-hmm. um, how long? What sort of impact is that going to have? Like how how long is that going to take to double? Probably about ten, 10 years. Well, I guess okay. so. Ten years that'll double. Double, yeah. Okay. And I say that simply because of rule of seventy-two. Oh, okay. Right. Rule of seventy-two. Okay. Explain the rule of seventy-two okay. to well, me. Okay. If you divide anything by seven, say um, I have to remember this myself now. But if you divide it by seventy-two, you will actually it'll, it'll double. Right. Okay. A, so if you if you divide seventy-two by the in, interest growth rate, that should give you the number well, of years okay. it takes to double. Yeah. So it's like if you had ten percent growth. Yes. All right. And we divide that by... So 72 divided by 10 gives okay, us 7. So, so exactly. in about 7 years, it'll double. Correct. Fantastic. Well, that's a really easy reckoner, the rule of 72. Isn't it? That's fantastic. Mm, okay, we've, I, I, I learned that years and years ago. Yeah, yeah. But to give you another example, let's suppose, okay, you're a 20-year-old. Yep. Right? Probably not far from where you are oh, now. Oh, exactly. Worry, okay. you know, <laughs> 25 years ago, I was a 20-year-old. Exactly. Right, so you're 20 years of age and you're earning $200 a week. Yep. Right, you're working at, uh, let's say, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yep. Okay, you're sort of making fries. Uh, and you decide on doing the 10% rule. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're saving $10, $20 a week. Yep. After a year, you'd have... 50 weeks at 20 bucks a week is what's that 1000 bucks 1000 bucks all right yep. and if you did that for 40 years you'd have 40 grand 40 grand okay now let's suppose you actually invested that at 7% mhm all right run about 7% yep how much money do you think you'd have after 40 years Whoa, you now you're testing my maths ability so maybe 40 grand maybe you'd go up to i don't know 100 grand 262000 fantastic and that's purely just compound interest yeah that's some compound interest, and then after, if you can get another two percent on top of that, yep. it'll you know it'll double again. It'll actually those that figure will almost double, will almost double. Right. So it gives you some sort of idea about you know about the. So power. we're not really talking about these. Oh, get a twenty-five percent return if you can just get a a simple return. Start early as you can, exactly, and work on it. That'll yeah. help sort of almost guarantee yeah. your your financial success if exactly. you if you stick to your plan. Yeah. And remember, okay, is that emotion, all right? Fear yep. and greed. Yeah. If you have fear, uh, make it work for you by yep. doing what I said beforehand. Buy yep. when you don't, okay, yep. when, when you should sell. And also, when you start getting greedy, pull yourself up. Okay. If you're looking for that extra return, if you're yep. looking for making your money, that, you know, work that extra little bit. Right. Just remember, is that, you know, sort of, yeah, it might be worthwhile just. And, and this back is a bit. like I, I hear people sort of trying to get the actual top of the market versus looking at you know it's all swings and roundabouts and it'll all even out. Exactly. Okay, um, I'm interested in superannuation. There's you know the government sets the rules on how mm-hmm. much you've got to invest in it and how much your employer's got to invest, etc. Can the government access your superannuation at all? No. So essentially, it, it's even though I can't really access it until I'm deemed to retire or for whatever reason. 
It's not the government's money. It's always my money. It's, you are the beneficiary of your own money. Okay. It held, it's, it's actually held in what we call trust. Right. The superannuation is actually held in trust with right. trustees. Yes. If you have your own self-managed super fund, you yeah. are the trustee of your own self-managed super fund. You need okay. to understand that. Right. But all other super funds, it is held in trust. Right. That means, of course, it is protected against... All, all sorts of other things, okay. um, and uh, and the um, the CIS Act is is quite a large document. Right. It uh, and it's there to protect it from yourself as well. Yeah. Okay. And um, so you're talking about self managed super funds. You've mentioned that a couple of times. How how much super do you need to start your own super fund, and and under what uh, what conditions or what reasons would you want to have your own super fund? Yeah. Great question. I get asked this all the time. Mm. Um, I I think. By, I actually go by rule of thumb. It's not really worthwhile until you've got at least $200,000 right. um, in super before you actually start looking at the self-managed super funds. Yep. Uh, when I have a client will, with that sort of money or with more money and they want to come and start their own self-managed super and they're looking for um, investment advice, um, I will grill them basically on the responsibilities of having a self-managed super fund. Yes. Um, but... Uh, the other reason basically is to actually put property into it because now with the new legislation that uh, the government brought in in 2007 mm. is that we can actually sort of use what we call a bear trust yes. that uh, is, is, is controlled by the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still in the name of the super fund, but you know, it will actually sort of, you can actually borrow money um, from outside to mm-hmm. actually own property, Okay, uh, which is a great little tool, if you like, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. All right? yep. But remember, it's one asset. It's yes. one asset class. Yep, yep. Um, I think, you know, from the learnings that I've had, one of the secrets to financial success has always seems to be leverage, mm-hmm. um, being able to leverage your investments. And by that, I mean maybe um, borrow against them to, to invest, to, to essentially use someone else's money. What are your thoughts on leveraging? Is it a good thing, a bad thing? Is it, you know, what do you reckon? Well, Again, um, understanding both sides of the argument. If you understand leveraging, if you can actually sort of put your money and uh, there are certain funds out there that will allow you to do, it, do leveraging actually, which are very effective in a um, in this type of market that we're in at the moment. Mm. And we're not in a bull market, but it is definitely a growth market that we're mm-hmm. actually looking at or what we call a recovery. Mm-hmm. We're in recovery stage. So some of these geared investments and these geared funds can work really, really well. Mm-hmm. But also if you're looking at gearing your money to go out and borrow more money to buy more property, Mm-hmm. For example, you've really got to look at the cost of that and actually sort of what are you actually doing it for? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, if you haven't got the growth, if you're not looking at the actual capital growth at the end of the day, yep. uh, sure, you've got the income coming in, but that name might, you know, you could probably do a lot better. Okay. All right. Okay. But th- there are times where people have made it work really, really well for them. Yes. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think this is, there are so many sophisticated uh, elements of investing, whether it be things like leveraging, whether it is getting into uh, options and futures and, and all this kind of stuff. It's like it must be hard to try and keep on top of all of that. So naturally you want to go for some advice. So um, who's the best person to, to go to for advice? Is it your family, your neighbour, the shoeshine boy? No. no, 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 definitely not. And I think this is what actually happened, okay, in the global financial crisis and also in 1987, yep. if you remember the actual cri- and mm. the crisis back yep. then. Yep. Um, I actually just got in the industry then, okay, that was a great learning curve for me. Right. But the thing is, 
yeah, don't take advice from from the butcher. Don't take advice from the you know the guy next door. Um, and this is where people go wrong because you know it might be okay for them. Yeah. All right, because they understand the market. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, go see someone competent in, and probably the the second law of wealth. Uh, if you want to talk about that, okay, you know, sort of um, go to someone that's competent in the in in, in the handling of money. Mm. You know, that knows how the markets work. And also, don't get too sophisticated. Don't get too com- uh, too complicated as well. Right. You know, mar- we are getting too sophisticated with our markets. Yep. There, as you mentioned, okay, we do have options trading and futures trading and all these other tools and, and instruments we can actually use yep. to gain growth. But unless you are really, really, really wise in its handling, mm-hmm. then keep away from it. Keep yeah. it simple. All right. Go and see a competent advisor, who, someone who knows what they're doing. Uh, I mean, some of the managed funds we have these days okay, are doing really, really well. Yeah. And it's a great way to invest, and, yeah, yeah. and you know, and it's a great way to keep it simple. Yeah, I think um, I learned the advice rule the hard way um, back when it was the technology crash, just before that. Oh yeah, uh, our printer said, "Oh, we've heard of this great stock to get into," and and uh, my partner and I at the time said, "Oh yeah, we'll, we'll do that," and pfft, you're gone. Mm-hmm. But um, it was later on that I heard that quote that happened back in the, 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 the mega crash in Wall Street many years ago where one guy said, yeah, when I found I was getting stock advice from the guy who shined my shoes, I knew I was in deep trouble. So so That's it right. sounds like mm-hmm. there's there's many things to consider, but the, 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 the real secret to financial success is save first. I think so. And so that's really... like whatever money comes into your bank account, put aside what, 10%, 20%? 10% at least. Right. At least. So if you can do 20%, fantastic. Yep. yep. Yeah, and and the other thing it sounds like that you're advocating is live within your means. Mm. Yeah, I I, I think that's yourself, beyond yeah. stretching yourself for 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 reasons that don't really matter. It's that whole. I love the concept that was in that uh, the book Affluence. People are spending money they haven't got to buy stuff they don't want to impress people they don't like. <laughs> Very good. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. feel free to use that yeah, one. Right. Can I, can I've I, stolen I, it from I someone can, else. Will, okay. so, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So if people want to find out more from you, if they want to get in touch, they want to if they want to download the new ebook that you've got coming out shortly. Um, how can I get in touch with you? Well, go to our website. Mm-hmm. So moneyworkspl.com.au, Is that correct? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, moneyworkspl.com.au. Okay. Right. Download the ebook that we have at, on there at the moment, which is called You and Your Money. Right. Which is a very basic. I wrote that for families and, and especially children because yep. I find, you know, sort of, when I say children, I'm talking about young adults who are living, you know, you're leaving high school, going into mm. university, um, probably getting a job for the first time. Because one of the things is that we never, we've never actually given a, a mm. handbook out when, you know, you go and get for your, for your first job. Well, we don't teach people about money no like we, we teach them about maths mm. we teach them about accounting but we don't teach them about personal finance we don't teach them about how to get ahead so having a, a very entry-level book ebook mm-hmm. uh, would be fantastic so that's you and your money so moneyworkspl.com.au and download you and your money okay. um and your new ebook will be out in the in the next couple of weeks or so um so by the time people hear this it may well be there most likely that'll be on your website as well it will be okay you'll be able to have, to have a choice of Either one or Fan, both. Or both. <laughs> Why have one when you can have both? Exactly. Uh, and if you want to speak to Chris directly to so he can talk about you and your situation, please give him a call. His number is 08-8304-8088. That number again is 08-8304-8088. Chris, thank you so much for your time today. I think you've explained a, a whole lot of stuff about the basic principles of investing and uh 
looking forward to in, enjoying life more with, with more money on hand. My pleasure, Warwick. Okay, it's been great. Thank you very much. You've been listening to another episode of Entrepreneurs in Action. I've been your host, Warwick Merry. See you next time. You've been listening to Entrepreneurs in Action, proudly brought to you by the Entrepreneurs Alliance Inner Circle. They work with entrepreneurs to create wealth, freedom and connections. You can find out more about them at www.eaic.com.au. Well, that's it for this edition of the Entrepreneurs in Action. Thanks for joining me. I've been your host, Warwick Merry from warwickmerry.com. I look forward to joining you next time for another episode of Entrepreneurs in Action. Entrepreneurs in Action.